Good morning, Bucks fans. It's time for Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. And it is our final one of these before the Super Bowl. I also never get tired of saying the Super Bowl. That's a thing that's happening in just two days. So this is your last chance to get your questions in for us. If you're not already watching on Facebook, head on over there and you can put your questions underneath the live video as we give people a chance to start doing that, um, we figured, of course, injuries and all of that, that's always where we start. That's always the big storyline for everybody. And we did get an injury report again yesterday. Um, there was some good news, some bad news, some things about it. So we figured we'd just go ahead and start there with what we know at this point. Well, the one player that made a, a, an improvement on the report was Antonio Brown, who went to full participation uh, despite his knee injury that he's been dealing with for a few weeks now. So that's obviously a very good sign. I think at this point you can feel pretty optimistic that he'll be available for the Super Bowl. Um, the three other guys that were limited, um, Jordan Whitehead, Antoine Winfield, and Levante David all remained limited. Coach said they ran around and looked good. So again, I'm feeling fairly optimistic about all of it. Um, the, the bad news, or, or at least the the new thing on the injury report was Cam Brait was added, the tight end with a, uh, a back injury. Uh, it's, it's, it'll be interesting today will probably be the key day to see what his status is in practice, because sometimes when you see a player who was not on the injury report to begin the week added to the report as limited on the next day, it means he got hurt in practice. And the reason he's limited is because he was fine and he got hurt and they didn't finish practice. Therefore he was limited. Uh, that is the case sometimes when you see this. So we'll have to see what it looks like today. Um, you know, we obviously have our fingers crossed, not only because the team needs Cam Brate, who's had a fantastic playoff run so far, but just because we sure don't want him to miss this Super Bowl that, you know, he's one of these guys like Levante and Mike Evans that have been around for here for a long time and have waited a long time for this day. Yeah, and we will be getting the final injury report today, correct? Yeah, that's correct. That will actually have the game designations and unlike last week. It will actually be about so. this game. It will mean something as compared to the one last week that didn't mean a whole lot. So uh, stay tuned, everybody, for the injury report today. That'll have the whole questionable out, yeah. you know, all that kind Probably of Probably about mid-afternoon, two or three, something like that. Yes. Um, and also, I know we had been asked a question earlier this week that we didn't know the answer to at the time. So um, I know you did a little bit of research and figured it out. We'd had a few different people ask us where injured players will watch the game from and meaning guys, especially like OJ Howard, Alex Kappa, guys that, you know, are have been out and, and were out and that kind of thing. Um, what did you find out about that? Yeah, I've been over to the stadium a few times um, since the season ended while they were preparing the stadium for the Super Bowl, and they were building something in the south end zone opposite where the uh, pirate ship is. And at first I thought it was extra seats, but I guess they didn't really need extra seats this year. So it actually is two levels worth of improvised, basically luxury suites or boxes, booths, I guess you'd call them. And one of those is going to be for the guys on injured reserve. So they're going to be there in that booth. Uh, so I think that's a pretty good deal that they're going to be, I was a little concerned that they might not be allowed to come to the stadium. So that's a good deal. Yeah. And uh, we had someone bring up the weather forecast. It had been saying rain was a chance. Now I feel like it looks like it's saying that's more earlier in the day and won't be an issue, but if rain became an issue, uh, how do you feel like that would impact each team and who might either benefit from it or be harmed more by that? Who do, who do you think that would favor? I'm not sure that would really favor anybody. Both these teams are, are high powered passing teams. Uh, you know, there are the, the chiefs and the bucks are one and two in passing yards this season. Um, they both have good kickers who have, who are used to a lot of different conditions. 
Um, so it, it's, it would be a negative effect on both teams, I would think, but I'm not sure it really favors one or the other. You know, normally you might think it's the Buccaneers because in a normal season, we play through a couple monsoons during the season here in Tampa, but it didn't really happen this time around. We've been, pre we've been pretty fortunate in terms of avoiding bad weather. Yeah, and I mean, I, I guess that, do you feel like that would be a situation where they would rely more on the run game if that were to happen? Or do you think they would still just try to execute as well as they can in the rain with their normal? Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on the severity of the rain. If it's if it's not like an absolute torrential downpour, I, I don't think you really change up your game plan too much. If it is a game that forces you to put the ball on the ground, um, maybe the Bucks have a bit of an advantage. Neither team was really among the leaders this year in rushing yards, but the Bucks' running game has been pretty good during the playoffs. So, um, you know, maybe they'd have a bit of an advantage, but I'm hoping we don't have to worry about this because I'd rather not have to uh, deal with the rain in the Super Bowl. Yes, uh, my press seat will be uncovered and outside. So I also would like to not deal as, with that. As is mine. Yes, that will, that will be not as fun. Uh, Jose asked, what are some lessons learned from the game versus the Chiefs earlier this year? What do you think would be the, the one or two biggest things that they learned? Well, you know, one of the, I guess, lessons is probably something that it will be hard for you or I to quantify, but I'm sure they have watched plenty of tape of the first half and um, trying to devise the best ways to slow down Travis Hill. I mean, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, um, which is a tough challenge for any team, but you know, Ty Bowles and those guys have been working at it and have a game plan they're confident in. Um, you know, other, other than that, one of the lessons are basically don't be bad on third down <laughs> on offense early on and don't throw interceptions in the second half when you're, when you're trying to make a comeback. I mean, those are fairly obvious things that you can say, but you actually have to execute. Yes. Um, this is an interesting question. Richard asked, who will you be happy for the most when the Bucks win the Super Bowl? I like the win in there, both wins. Win yes. and win. Um, yeah, it's probably, I don't know if there's one guy, but it's probably, it's all the guys. Levante David obviously comes to mind. Um, Mike Evans, those guys have been around for a long time. Will Golston, probably Levante though, because, you know, he's the guy that Mike Evans is, is a phenomenal receiver that might end up in the hall of fame. Right. But I, I feel also like he's gotten a pretty good amount of attention and credit for how good he is, which is good. I'm glad that he has. We all know that Levante David has been perennially un underrated and remains that way. So put those two things together. The fact that you want these guys that have been around for a long time and been through the ups and downs and some hard seasons to have that. Uh, but then add in the fact that Levante David's been underappreciated and maybe this would help with that. Um, I'd have probably go with Levante. I'm guessing you feel the same way. Yeah, that's literally almost word for word what I was going to say. I was going to say <laughs> Levante and Mike, and then I'll say, but Mike has definitely gotten more attention for other things. Now, I'm sure that everyone on that team will be equally as excited. So this is not about who we think will value it the most. It's more of just who we would be most excited for. And I agree that I want Levante to get more of that attention that he deserves. Kind of um, would like to be able to see um, – uh, Tom Brady to do this though. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. That's insane. That's just, that's <laughs> ridiculous thing to think about. Uh, Curtis asked, do you think it will be better to jam wide receivers or play zone? I think it'd be better to mix it up. Um, and actually this is going to come as a surprise to probably most of the people out there, but I recently was reading some numbers and the Buccaneers coverage numbers, what they allowed was that this entire season as a whole was actually better in zone than it was in man. And, that's not what a lot of people are going to want to hear because I feel like everybody hates zone coverage because they hate to see a guy just run to a spot and make an easy catch. And they're like, why don't we just man these guys up? 
but you have to mix it up, right? You can't always play the same thing. And um, I think we're going to mix it up. Uh, I would suspect there's, there'll be a pretty good dose of man. I think that they're going to probably do a lot of leaving the safeties over the top and, and then letting these guys underneath play man, just because it's, they're going to say, all right, we're going to, we're, you got these great guys. We got these great defenders. We're going to go man to man and see who wins. You know? yeah. I would think that's part of the uh, philosophy. And it's sort of related to that. James asked, do you think we will blitz Mahomes more than last game? Well, probably because we only blitz Mahomes on 17% of our snaps. And if you know, Todd Bowles, that is very uncharacteristic. Um, he, that was the lowest blitz percentage we did against any team all season, but there's a reason for that. And I think I may have mentioned it a couple of times in these past few weeks. Um, Patrick Mahomes' numbers against the blitz are sick. I mean, you're basically turning him into the best quarterback of all time. If you blitz him because his, his pass rating career against the blitz is something like 135. It's just insane. Now, this is what you have to understand. There's a difference between Patrick Mahomes against the blitz right. and Patrick Mahomes against pressure against pressure, his numbers go down because he's an actual mortal human being, which is hard to believe. Um, so you, if you can get pressure on him, that's a very good thing, just as it is against virtually every quarterback. The problem is not every blitz produces pressure and not every pressure comes from blitz. So the best thing for the Buccaneers is if they would be able to consistently get pressure with a four-man rush, which is what happened in Green Bay, and we saw how good those results were. You can't count on that, but I think that's what they'll try first. And if they have to go to a blitz, then they'll go to a blitz. But it's playing with fire to do that against Patrick Mahomes. Yes, for sure. Um, Francisco asked, if we get down early like we did last time, do you think we can rally back? Well, we have shown the ability to do so um, a few times this year. The, the Los Angeles Chargers game certainly comes to mind the Atlanta game in particular in Atlanta. Um, the problem with doing that against Kansas city is you, in order to make a comeback from what, 10, 17 points down, you have to also stop them. And that's putting yourself behind the eight ball. If you're trying to come back, which the bucks tried to do against the chiefs last time, I think they were down 17, nothing, um, maybe 20 to three at one point. And they came back to within three points, but you just, it's hard to keep them from continuing to add on to their score. So let's just not do that. And you know, the Buccaneers since that bye week and other than the Atlanta game, I've done a much better job of starting off fast. You know, like last week in Green Bay, went right down the field, scored on the opening drive and had, I think a 21, 10 lead at halftime. So um, it's possible, obviously, but it, it's just really putting yourself in a hard spot if you're down double digits to this team. It is so interesting that Tom Brady has not scored touchdowns in the first quarter of his Super Bowl. Weird. Yeah, That's such weird. A weird fluky stat. And it clearly has not kept him from winning Super Bowls. <laughs> so we can at least have that as a sigh of relief. If they do start a little slow that he, he does seem to know how to win them without scoring a touchdown in the first. Yeah. Quarter. I probably should have factored in the fact that we have Tom Brady when I was talking about comebacks or not. Right. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes has proven to be the comeback King in recent play playoffs, but um, Tom Brady certainly has plenty of, uh, yeah, uh, a body of evidence and coming back in the big Yeah, game. seems to know how to do that. Um, Trevor asked, I don't think the Chiefs have an answer for Vita Vea. What do you think? And I, I want to just kind of add on in general how you think they're going to handle our entire front seven because that Chiefs offensive line has gone through a lot of changes. Yeah, since the beginning of the season, I think they are they just have maybe one of their original five starters left. Um, yeah, Vita Vea is a tough – it's tough for any team to handle uh, – not just, you know, he, he can hold up two blockers. He can basically, he can basically account for two gaps in the running game on most plays. 
Um, and as we saw in the Green Bay game, he was actually getting some pressure that was forcing Aaron Rodgers to run towards Shaq or towards JPP. I think mostly Shaq, but um, yeah, I, I think they, they may not, I don't know if they have an answer for him. It probably means more than one blocker, but that's good for us on the edges where they're trying to get by with Mike Rimmers at left tackle. And uh, I think Andrew Wiley at right tackle. And those aren't the guys they started the season with. So, and they had two very good tackles to start the season and through most of the season until Eric Fisher got hurt in the AFC championship game. So um, that certainly seems like an area that's an advantage for the Buccaneers. So let's see if it plays out that way. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us on Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. This is our final one before the game. Thank you guys for being with us all season long. Thank you for all the amazing questions. And we hope you guys enjoy the game on Sunday. 